This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over at the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show and all the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you could join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast called Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you everyone for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. worked this time yay it yay. did the listeners at home didn't realize we had a false start but you know <laughs> we had to start again so i could be first you know it, every couple months we just forget how to podcast yeah you know what i like about this though we don't have to tell these people anything we don't have to tell them that we fucked up or something went wrong but we always do because we believe in transparency here at project yeah. transparency right. and accountability 100 <laughs> percent those are our main tenants for this podcast. <laughs> if nothing else. We have to let you know we never have our shit together. We are all disasters. <laughs> How's everybody been doing? We're in the thick of the holiday season at the time of this recording. Mm, is this the thick of it? I guess it is, huh? Yeah. I usually think like December 23rd. Is the like, thick of the holidays. Yeah, I don't know. That is I'm, the thick. I'm not off work yet. I mean, it's, there's oh, no snow. It's barely cold. I don't know. <laughs> like that—that that is the thickest thick that you can thick. Oh, 100. That—that that shit is thick. Thick <laughs> with <laughs> four C's. Oh, that's holiday with seven D's. <laughs> right now, we are currently only at a two C thickness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting there though. See, I feel like once I start having to figure out like seven different white elephant gifts, that's the thick of it. And that's right. where, and that's, that's where yeah. I am right now. Yeah, that's oh. where I'm at too. Look at this fucking humble brag. I get invited to parties. All right. We get it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I'm just like, this is why I'm just gonna order all my gifts. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, I don't I don't know why you would leave the house anymore. That's that seems pointless. <laughs> I feel it bad seems for futile. Amazon workers. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean I feel horrible for them, but also I'm gonna fight fucking traffic in the age of still covid to go out to i don't know jesus christ it sounds horrible <laughs> yeah no i totally get it <laughs> thank your amazon drivers leave them cookies and milk yeah mm -hmm. i'm gonna do that actually that sounds like a great idea yeah that sounds like how you get, by the door. give uh your amazon driver e coli <laughs> that's true <laughs> or well, whatever or whatever 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 will start growing it gets in that cold milk. in it gets cold in illinois they could well, probably see, keep i guess that out. is true it is yeah. it is december i see milk amazon keeps like track of those little tracking like three stops away and at that point i just rush out just throw them out there with a sign and just go back inside <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're also assuming that this person is going to drink your porch milk which is it seems like a, seems like that's unlikely in the first place <laughs> 
don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I would probably well, drink porch milk. Why not? <laughs> well, we haven't said the word E. coli seven times in the past minute, but yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm uncertain for what, but porch milk sounds like a euphemism for something. Oh, don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> anyway, who wants to play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking of porch milk. Are we going to meet porch milk this session? Is that an NPC? <laughs> That's the new Doar name, Porch Milk. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> it does kind of fit the naming yeah. convention. Yeah. There you go. A little bit. <laughs> I swear, if we meet a Doar named Porch Milk, I quit. <laughs> I won't quit, obviously. But, porch you know. Milk. That's, that's the only or... name that can top Dip Slide Macaroni. <laughs> yeah, Flop Bottle and Dip Slide Macaroni. <laughs> 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 anyway. But yeah, let's actually do that. <laughs> so, where we left off, you guys are all in Kindori's Cradle, the tavern run by Magnahild, Windhelm, the dwarf friend of Captain Val's and ally of the Voidfarer. And you just learned a handful of things. One, your next destination, the ancient Kratorian shipyard of Nafpygos, has been occupied. It seems that the Salvagers Guild have found it and have allocated a vast majority of their resources to go and plunder it for whatever they can find. Also, you guys learned that Luckbeak Humboldt is famous here on Nadir Anchorage because a broadsheet detailing information from an anonymous source has described the reclusive Doar art collector from the Rock of Brawl, supposedly faking his own death, traveling to Crunt Space and gallivanting aboard the Voidfarer. <laughs> Having believed this story, the Guildmaster of the Salvagers Guild has sent you, Flapwing, a invitation to an upcoming ball as a guest of honor, being someone as important and distinguished as yourself indicating he would be willing to look beyond your fraternization with one of his enemies, being Val of the Voidfarer. Mm -hmm. So we pick up where you left off here in Kindori's Cradle, um, having just talked to Val, her suggesting that perhaps this inn at the party could help you guys get the Voidfarer into the shipyard, past the defenses and all of the salvagers that are there currently. So with that... Uh, Kindori's Cradle and the rest of Nadir Anchorage is yours to explore. Okay, cool. Um, are we splitting up or are we staying together? I think eventually we're going to need to split up to do our own separate little things, but we can do right. stuff together too. Okay, all right, cool. Do we need to get things for the ball? Oh, fineries. <laughs> yes, also Ravnus would not have suggested that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, no, no. That's a Fiona suggestion. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and also to uh, just remind you guys of your surroundings, uh, most of the Voidfarer crew has disembarked the ship and is now already like enjoying their shore leave, most of which has only gotten as far as Kindori's Cradle. So most of them are packed in here, drinking and eating and, you know, just enjoying each other's company. There are still a group of about a dozen Warforged that are like taking up several tables, just quietly, politely conversing with one another, <laughs> not drinking anything, not eating anything, because they are in fact Warforged, uh, but they are taking up space in here. And uh, yeah, so you see the variety of the crew. Uh, you see Jack and Tatters is already drunk 
And uh, although uh, something does uh, strike you as a little bit odd, Marco, Mm -hmm. you see Salon here Hmm. sitting by themselves with like a tinkered in front of them. Um, looking uncomfortable. Um, and it occurs to you this is the very first time you have ever seen Salon not on the Void Fair. Okay. That's a hook I can sink my teeth into. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I would like to go with uh, Ravness and Luckbeak to do the uh, finery shopping because I think that'll just be fun. But I'm certainly going to go head over to Salon uh, if nobody else has anything pressing at the moment. No, let's do it. No. All right. Um, I look over and see Salon, and so I look back to Flapwing and Ravness and say, Is it just me, or... I've never seen Salon outside of the Voidfair before, and I didn't even know he drank. Salon, that's the one over there? Yes, the pilot. I'm, right, I'm... the pilot, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I've seen him outside of the Voidfair either. Weird. Um... So what are you thinking? I mean, look at him. He certainly looks a little nervous and whatnot. I mean... Hmm. Uh, quick note. Salon's pronouns are they, them. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Um, I'm going to write that down so I... Uh, okay. But, um... I mean, it compels me, though. I mean, I never see them really outside the Void Fair. They look very nervous right now. I mean, to my knowledge, I don't know if they're on a date or not, but, I mean, I'm curious... Right. Could it be another doppelganger situation? Oh, I um was not thinking that, but you're right. We should be more concerned about that. Um, <laughs> point of order, Marco. You do have an item on your person that came from the doppelganger that was on the ship, or it's at least it with your things, whether you brought it with you or not. Um, remind me of that. I'm sorry. It was a clay tablet that the doppelganger appeared to use to communicate to someone else. Yeah, clay tablet, clay tablet. Cool. Now I remember this, because didn't it light up too and whatnot? It didn't light up, but like words seemed to etch themselves into the clay. And you could etch your own words. And then like they have a clay tablet on their end and they can write back. You can write back and forth. Okay. Good to know. I might, I'm probably going to take that one to the seekers first before I just go and start writing random stuff on it. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, one of us could like get real near to his pockets and listen and hear if something is scrawled as you write. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's an option. Like, as you bring up, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this tablet too. It was the thing the um, doppelganger wrote on. And then I kind of look over to Flapwing after uh, he says that. I'm like, I, I guess we could. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does this... May I make an arcana check to see if this needs attunement? Uh, no, you would know it does not. Okay. Well, it doesn't need attunement, so I mean... Um... Well, one of us could sit here and start writing, and the other ones could, uh... Go talk to him, and if he has, like, a change in... Or, sorry, if they have a change in attitude. Might say something. You know, we're making a lot of accusations over our pilot just because they're in a bar and... Looking relatively nervous. Well... I mean, it is the first time we've ever seen them outside of... I I mean, I guess you're right. It is kind of judgy of us, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, granted, we're, you know, don't have anything to do at the moment, so... Well, I'll at least go and see what they're up to. I mean, it could be interesting. Mm, Well, Godspeed, bud. (laughs) So, Marco walks away, 
comes back and hands Flapwing the Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anything seems weird, start right on the tablet. Okay. <laughs> it, since you've actually pulled out the tablet and handed it to Flapwing, you notice that there are new words on it that you didn't recognize from before. Look down to it. What's it uh, what does it say? Uh, so it does not look freshly scrawled. Okay. So you have actually no idea when this message came through. Um, it could have been any time from when the whole doppelganger incident on the ship occurred all the way through <laughs> the whole uh, Adilfo situation to now. Uh, it could have come in at any of those times. But it says, If you are the individuals I suspect that have acquired my tablet, know this. While I have removed myself from the contract to the Zenith Syndicate, the suzerain still has an ongoing contract with my order. This is your only warning. Hmm. The suzerain being the leader yeah. of the Zenith Syndicate person <laughs> yes, yes. organization. I remember. <laughs> well, that's not ominous at all. It sounds really ominous. Uh, oh, oh was... you were, yeah. Okay, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is now interesting. Now we have... You know, Cillin over here, a tablet right here, there is an ongoing threat, and we're back to the suzerain. Yeah. And also the pirates <laughs> of Geth, and also everyone's looking for Luckbeak. There's a lot of people after us right now. We should have just gone clothing shopping. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Could I, I'd have like been to a point out. Shopping episode. <laughs> I'd like to point out that the, the tablet thing. While was a thing I had planned forever ago, was not one of the things I intended to come up this episode, <laughs> but it, you happened to mention the doppelgangers and happened to remember the tablet existed, so here we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you this tablet, and I'm going to go talk to Cillin. <laughs> wait, 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 okay. Wait, are we just ignoring this? Well, no, but I mean, it at least seem like it's not going to change at all in the next couple of minutes. I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, okay, no, hold on. This is, this is, I'm trying to get better about signals. Like, this is important to you, so. Well, it's the suzerain, which, I mean, is not, you know, that, that, that's kind of, you don't think it's scary? I have barely any connection with organized crime or the suzerain, so I don't know how to gauge it. Well, yeah, but I mean, we have stolen property that belongs to, like, a, a mob boss. Ravnus, what do you think? I think it sounds scary, but it's one of many scary things happening right now. <laughs> the whole sovereign mind thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you just learned about, like, yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> That's more like the existential dread. We can't really yeah. change that. Uh, <laughs> I'll say to uh, to Flapwing, like, well, on the one end, this is a warning for us to not meddle. So as long as we don't meddle, apparently we'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Good point. But meddling is part of our job. Um. Okay. I shouldn't overthink things. As long as we don't mess with the assassin that tried to kill us a little while ago. Um. We should be fine. I don't think that that's right. What do you mean, right? Well, lots of people are trying to kill us. I think that no matter what we do, 
this is going to end in someone trying something, right? I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, I don't mean to keep bringing myself back to, to this, but I mean, the suzerain is after me or my family or something. And now your picture is everywhere. Right. I don't mean to be insensitive by asking this, but do you have any idea why the suzerain would want you harmed? Yeah, I mean, um, so, so my dad, okay, it's a long story. My parents were criminals. They got mixed up with this guy. My dad, you know, basically double-crossed him. He killed my dad. My mom broke good and became a police officer to track him down with the intent to kill him. But then at the last minute had a, con- a crisis of conscience and threw him in jail. And, uh, and, and the jail is eventually the asteroid. The jail was on an asteroid that was taken over by the Xena Syndicate. So I'm wondering if for some reason he's now involved in this plot, that's the only reason I could understand that, that they would care about me. Um, I know that's a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to process that. Okay. Okay. I've done processing that. (laughs) Um, I, I, that is a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, the, you, it was said that like the, you, you you talk with a suzerain before, right? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, the the stone of the ascending stone, yeah. And the uh, the what's it called? The three crane. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. And, well, I don't know if the suzerain is 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 the guy. His name's Malachi. I just uh, you know maybe I don't know maybe he's like an underling or something or I don't know I don't know. Then it sounds like it doesn't matter if we meddle or not. I guess you're right. Well, let's meddle. Well, at least I'll go talk with Sylan. This probably has nothing to do with it. They might just be on a date and they're really nervous about their partner showing up. Who knows? I mean, yeah. We're, we're putting a lot because there was a etching on stone tablet and because they look a little nervous right now. So. Well, the worst. I mean, the etching came later. That, that part makes me nervous, but yeah. Well, let's go see what they have to say maybe maybe they also are just trying to branch out today and get out into the world like i am okay agreed yeah Cillin and i are very similar that way um okay but yeah um and i'll lead the way towards Cillin. yeah as you approach the table you see that they're just kind of sitting there um like fidgeting with their hands kind of staring into the middle distance of the table and as you approach you actually see that their tankard is full and it doesn't look like they've touched it once um and they don't react to you approaching just kind of staring at nothing and fidgeting nervously hi Sillin, how's it going i usually don't see you out here in the gondori's cradle I'm... they like blink and shake their head and look up at you oh Apologies, Marco. I didn't see see you there. And you notice that while they look up and address you, they're not they don't like actually make eye contact. They just kind of like look in your direction. Um and you almost see that like like their eyes are almost like glazed over slightly and 
up close, Salon looks not well. And they did not look well last time you spoke to them either. Um, And it seems like that's only gotten worse. They look a little gaunt in the face, um, kind of dark circles around their eyes. Um, They look like they've lost weight, which Salon was already a very slender elf. Their long, straight blonde hair that was previously like impeccable, almost hanging in a solid sheet, it seemed, is now like kind of tussled and tangled in places and just generally not being taken care of. May I make a medicine check to see if this is like an illness or like an ailment? Uh, yeah, so um, I would even go as far as to say uh, you have an inkling what this is because you had a conversation with someone about it. Uh, you once had a conversation with Orella about concerns over Salon being afflicted with something called Spelljammer Disassociation that basically comes from spending too much time on the helm of the ship. So much that, like, the boundaries between one's conscious understanding of self and the ship itself become blurred. Mm. And with that in mind, you instantly kind of pick up on why Salon might be uncomfortable because they're not on the ship. Salon. Salon, I kind of like... Uh, snap my fingers in front of their eyes. Um, yes, sorry. Did I, did I... Um, sorry. Did I zone out again? I've been told I've been doing that. I'm not sure. You... Why? Okay, my friend? I'm... I'm good, good. Um, just enjoying... Enjoying some shore leave. Ordered that it might be... It's it's good, though. Yeah, they're saying this, but <laughs> you could tell that they're just kind of regurgitating what they've been told. <laughs> and they don't actually believe it. They would very clearly like to be elsewhere. I am... Um, okay. Um, listen, um... Why don't you drink that what's in front of you? Um, they, they kind of look down at it as you like gesture to the tankard and like, you almost like see an expression of like realization. Like they didn't, like they must've forgotten that it even existed there. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, yes, of course. Uh, and takes it and takes a sip, barely any, and sets it right back down in almost the exact same place. Um, tell me how was your expedition down on the planet? Uh, I hear it was quite harrowing. I'm glad to see that you've all made it back alive. Yes, it was quite exhilarating. Um, Wonderful library, white dragons, an owlbear that uh, Flapwing became very good friends with. Uh, Interesting people all around. Um, Ice giants as well. I'm sorry. Um, Yes, yes. uh, It... Did you say something? I, um, yes. Um, I was talking about our trip, our last trip. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Um. I'm sorry if I'm not the greatest, uh, conversationalist. I'm just tired. Yes, tired. Um, 
I just like grab like a bowl of peanuts from the bar <laughs> and just put it in front of him. Make sure you eat a few of those. Oh, uh, yes, of, of course. Um, I'm, I'm, we're going to uh, be going now, so just you know, enjoy yourself uh, while you're on sh- on shore leave. I, I shall. Uh, Marco would probably turn back to the others and just have a grim look on his face. Um, so while Marco was doing that, I'm like, probably like, like biting my nails for the first few seconds, not even paying attention to what's happening with his discussion. And then I like pull out something to start scrawling into the tablet and uh, write a message into it that just says, who is this? Ravnus is going to make a perception check to see if Salon reacts, because I'm assuming she can't hear the conversation. Yeah, Ravnus, go ahead and make a perception or insight, whichever you prefer. Perception. Yeah. And uh, Flapwing, you write that. Uh, there's a, like a small like bamboo reed that like tucks into the side of this tablet and like while it appears like solid like it's hardened like stone mm-hmm. when when you go to write on it with that bamboo stylus it cuts into the clay as if it were soft got it um i got a natural 20 for Ooh. a 25 total okay spicy so uh <laughs> you write uh, you write on that tablet and uh, there is not an immediate reply Okay. And you get the impression that, like, due to the nature of this tablet, it's like, it's not always going to be an instant yeah, communication, like sending stone. Asynchronous. Um, it's like, you know, they'll see the text message come in at some point and then hit, hit the reply. Right. You know, um, Ravnus, you obviously see Salon seems uncomfortable and, like, a little unattentive to the conversation that they're having with Marco. Um, but you don't see any sort of reaction that doesn't seem prompted by. Marco being there. Yeah. It does look like Salon is not well, though. <laughs> She's going to say, um, well, if it is Salon, they don't have it now. I think they're just having a hard time, I guess. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, I mean, I kind of gave up on the idea that it might be Salon. All right. Well, I, I, I guess we just sort of watch this. And wait. Or at least I do. Hmm. Okay. Um, Marco will return to the two of you and uh, have a very grim expression on his face and say, I think it's best if we find Orella and maybe the doc. Huh? Well, what happened? I'm not a doctor, um, but I mean, I've read about this and I've heard about it before. I think that they are suffering from something called Spelljammer Disassociation. I guess you can classify it as a type of dementia, um, in which you become attached to a ship for so long as a pilot, where your legitimate self is attached to the ship to pilot it, that you start to lose your sense of reality, of who you are. They are losing touch with reality. Wait, they, they think they are the ship? Of a sort, yes. Um... Once again, I'm not an expert on this, so I couldn't really say for certain, but it seems to me that, like, they associate themselves with the ship to the point that leaving the ship feels wrong. Like, 
the reality that they're used to is no longer that reality. Like, imagine being in a virtual reality for what feels like a hundred years and then you come out. Oh, And suddenly you're now somebody new, somebody you're not really sure of. Right. Oh, well, awful. Point being, I think it's best if we maybe... I I remember Arella talking about this not too long ago, so maybe talk with Arella, maybe the doctor, and see if we can get some help for Sillin. Okay, that's a great idea. Would you happen to know where they are? Are they here? I look around the bar. Uh, Make a perception check. That would be a 12. There's a lot of people in here. <laughs> um, and it feels even more crowded because the Warforge sitting in their large circle are taking up <laughs> a lot of space. Uh, and um, with the 12, you scan the crowd. And yeah, you do, in fact, see Orella sitting uh, in a table on the other side with Roxana and uh, Robin and Lester. Um, you... I think I will head over. I'll go oh. ahead. Okay. All right. I uh, I head over to Rella. Yeah, you see that they're just having a, a light conversation. The the group over there, uh, Roxana, Arella, Robin, and Lester. Uh, as you approach, um, they look up. Uh, uh, hey, um, uh, Arella, can I talk to you for a sec? Oh, uh, yes, of course. Cool. And she'll stand. Okay, uh, I lead her over somewhere, uh, just a, a little ways away, just so we can't be overheard. Um, hey, have, have you um, have you been checking on Ceylon at all? You see that her expression is one of like sadness, and she nods and she says, "Yes, it is. It's very unfortunate. Um, I was just speaking with Captain Val um, regarding this uh, very recently. Um, I recommended that Val order Ceylon." Uh, to partake in his shore leave or their shore leave and um, in hopes that the separation from the Voidfarer for a time would uh, alleviate their symptoms. Oh, this is therapy for for them right now. That is the hope. There are um, other things that we could explore, but um, it is my hope that simply um, taking a break from sitting on the helm of the Voidfarer would uh, be sufficient, and then we can explore more drastic uh, measures of treatment um, if uh, if it appears they are necessary. Sure. Okay. I, I mean, we just wanted to, to bring it to your attention just to make sure that you were aware of what was happening. Yes. Thank you. Um, I appreciate your concern. Um, uh, it is my hope that um, the Far Wanderer sees him better. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Thanks. It is my pleasure. I head back to the table. No, they uh, they, they know this is what they're trying to do right now is, is trying to help them just by bringing them out into the world. I see. Um, they, they would know better than, than we would, so hopefully this is good for them. Yeah, Luckbeak just sh- shrugs. It's like, I, I guess. Doesn't seem especially, I don't know, like a thoughtful way to get through this, but I don't know. What do I know? Ravnus looks at Marco and she asks, What happens if this ends up not really being a thing that can be fixed 
like what happens to the Voidfarer? How would we get places? Well, um, theoretically, anybody with magical properties can pilot the ship. So even myself would be able to man the ship just fine. Um, I would obviously need to work on it to pilot it to the same skill as Salon. Uh, but even Arella, um, could, or anybody who has any magical properties. Granted, I mean, the strength of those magical properties would also equate to the strength of the ship, so those of, like, a first level, maybe only knows a few spells, wouldn't be able to pilot as sufficiently as someone who's very trained, um, in their skills. So... Theoretically, we should be fine without Sillen. We could get any pilot. Um, to Sillen's skill? That's a different question altogether. Well, I mean, it also kind of brings up the issue of, I mean, ethics. Uh, not that I want to make this a bigger thing, but, I mean, how are we going to make somebody else do that, knowing what it could do to them? I'm inclined to agree with you on that one, Flapwing. It's a, uh... Really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an unfortunate aspect of space travel that someone does need to at least be connected to the ship. I would like to think that maybe we'd be a little bit better about, you know, making sure someone is rotated out so that they're not get to that level of attachment, but... Uh, you can make a medicine. Okay, thank you. A 15. Yeah, um, so you would know that Spelljammer Dissociation, while, like, not rare is not super common either um, because it's not just using the helm repeatedly that brings it on it is like years of like obsessive like constant use mm. um, which makes you think that his his condition predates his time on the void fair and it's not just you know flying for the void fair that has led to this he's seemed to have like came to the void fair with a predisposition for it and uh even with like rotational plans and stuff like that he's still bound to get worse if like corrective measures aren't taken um i will say at the other time too it's kind of similar to what might be attributed to maybe drug or alcohol addiction where anybody who drinks some liquor is not going to instantly become addicted that takes a lot of mental um mental problems it takes a lot of social problems it takes a lot of chemistry that connects certain people to certain things so very much it's not that every pilot is at risk at this but it's somebody who attaches themselves so fully to it that they start to potentially get lost in it wait 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 we have an active alcoholic and we are giving him alcohol i mean metaphorically yeah, I just kind of made that connection myself now that I think about it. We need to talk I'm, to Val. I I agree with you. I did not... I know that Sillen was connected to the ship and there was a concern. I didn't know it was this bad. Um, This is... In my mind, this is unethical. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Well, well um... <laughs> I, I, I need to look at Arella's medical license. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know where she got it from. <laughs> the far wanderer <laughs> <laughs> she's a cleric <laughs> 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 
that has some connotations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Where's your medical license from? Oh, I, I go to church. Oh. God. Okay, God. Well, didn't Doc become the ship's doctor, yeah. like, for punishment? Yeah. He literally is an alcoholic, I think. We need to, like... We need to talk to Val about her practices. <laughs> <laughs> but in seriousness, we should probably talk to Val about this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was not that was out of character. That was Tanner, but um, back in character. Yeah, we we certainly should. Um, this yeah, this is unethical. Um, I, I mean, we should we go now? Um, I mean, I mean, well, I. Is she in the bar? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you spoke to her regarding the, like, the, um, not Pygo stuff, uh, not, like, 15 minutes ago. She's she's at the bar itself having a conversation with Maggie. I looked at Flapwing and Ravnus with a kind of, like, are we doing this kind of look in his face. I mean, it's not the most pressing concern right now. It's not, like... They're on the ship, and everyone seems to know what's going on. So if we have something more pressing, I think we should do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. I mean, we we have a few days here, and it's... Yeah. Okay. So what... I mean, what do we have to do while we're here? We might as well kind of, like, synchronize, since we have a potential thievery to, to do and a party to go to and I still need to go to the Seekers and talk to Hannah about everything else so uh, yeah I'm at that rambling. point you do see Hannah um, emerge from the back which you know is like the tunnel from the Voidfarer's like secret cove um, and kind of hovering over her shoulder is the librarian drone form of Cyrus uh, just in drone form um, he's not projecting an illusion of his normal form at the moment because presumably that would be drawing a lot of attention to himself. <laughs> yeah. So, but you see, you see the two of them emerge and uh, kind of scan the the room. Okay. Well, Hannah's right there. Um, but yeah, let's, what else do we have to do while we're here? At least individually, then we can come back together and work out the rest. Um, well, I kind of wanted to go to the gun shop in town. I mean, that's sort of a personal thing, but you're free to come if you want. I mean, that was the thing with me, is my thing with Hannah and the Seekers is probably personal to myself, so we might be able to do our individual errands and then come back together here in Kandori's Cradle today. Right. Okay. Well, should we go do our individual things then? That's, yeah. Go ahead. Good point of order. Um, you guys all got paid uh, 1,200 gold pieces oh. for their most recent oh, wow. uh, expedition. I did that I'll write that down, yeah. It's a pretty hefty chunk of change. I Because I realized that like we didn't address that, and we're also at the place where all the shops and stuff are. <laughs> <laughs> and you're level 12. <laughs> yeah. I am going to go talk to Hannah and do my seeker stuff. Um, Flapwing is going to go to the gun shop. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to Ravnus. Um, I think that Ravnus was still waiting on Renzar to get back to her about the Shasaku stuff. You're not sure 100% um, how long that will take. Yeah. Um, so then I think she is... I don't remember if I did this last time, but I think she's going to 
uh, try to figure out if there's been any rumors about um, Blackest Scowl being in the system or anything. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, how do you want to go about uh, looking into that, asking around? Do you want to ask anybody in particular, or do you just want to, like, <laughs> start cornering people on the street? <laughs> You're like, hey. I, <laughs> I think that she's going to, um, her initial strategy is start going to uh, some of the seedier places in town and uh, see if she overhears anything. And okay. then if there is something that, like, kind of, like, catches her interest or is suspicious, then she's not above, you know, singling someone out and uh, threatening them for information. Sure. Sounds good. So, Cedar Places in Town, a block and tackle tavern, which you're very familiar with, and is also in the Mooring Ward here. And then there's also the Gilded Lily those two and Kandori's Cradle, where you're at now, are like the three major taverns um, in this side of Nidir Anchorage, the Mooring Ward, which is kind of the more seedier side of town. Mm-hmm. Because it's basically just where all the ship and dock workers just kind of like trudge out of work immediately into the closest tavern. Yeah, I think that she's going to try the block and tackle first. Sure. All right. Are you just going by yourself then? Uh, yeah, this is when we're splitting up individually. Yeah. Okay, so we have um, Ravnus heading off to the block and tackle. Um, Marco was going to go talk to Hannah and then do what? Um, talk to Hannah first and then go to the Seekers to see Diago, Squiddy, information why did Albion Silk Song retire? Got it. Um, cool. And Flapwing was going to the gun shop. Yeah. And then afterwards... Going to the gun show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, afterwards to Jenny's top sale, possibly. Okay. Before we split up, I think uh, Marco would look to Flapwing and be like, oh, you should probably put your disguise on now before you step out into public. Oh, um, yeah, great idea. Uh, I don't remember. Did we have this already set up? <laughs> what? Did I already have a disguise that I did? Uh, Didn't you so do you... like a clown or something? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah you... <laughs> okay, right, right, right. Okay, oh yeah, I'll go as uh, Stefan Monso. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and appreciator of a good dramatic pause. Thanks for listening to this third episode of Chapter 7 of Tales of the Voidfarer. Apologies for the delay, a ton of stuff happened all at once right when I was in the middle of the production cycle on this episode, and it just threw a wrench into everything. But we're back on track, and Thank you so much for bearing with us. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfair and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. With a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. 
The newest edition of the Project Derailed podcast family, Into the Scoobyverse, is out now. Join our very own Fiona L.F. Kelly and Roger Page, who played Roxlim on one of the interludes a while back, as they discuss everything Scooby-Doo. Two episodes are out now, the first discussing James Gunn's Scooby-Doo the movie, and the first two episodes of Velma, and the second episode discussing the first six episodes of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, and the next two episodes of Velma. It's a great show, go check it out. New episodes land on the first and third Thursdays every month. I know what you're thinking. You're like, Nick, didn't you just launch a different new Derailed podcast not that long ago? Yep, we sure did. Cosmere and Coffee. Join Tom, Mike, and myself as we engage in casual discussion of the interconnected worlds of author Brandon Sanderson. Our discussions continue as we talk about Tress of the Emerald Sea and dig into all the raffos and revelations of the most recent spoiler Q&A stream. There are at least three more books on the way this year, and we'll be talking about each and every one of them as they come out. Catch new episodes every second and fourth Mondays of the month. Cape Chronicles Season 2 is fast approaching its dramatic conclusion. Tune in to experience all these superhero shenanigans and teenage angst as our good buddy Cliff leads Fiona, Chelsea, Roger, and myself in our ongoing game of Masks A New Generation. Catch new episodes of Cape Chronicles the first and third Wednesday of the month. Spooky mysteries abound in fables around the table, greetings from hell. Fiona GM's an intriguing tale set in the small industrial town of Hell, Michigan, as our friends Caitlin, Roger, Annie, M, and Cliff navigate high school and some strange happenings around the town in this Kids on Bikes adventure. New episodes of Fables Around the Table premiere the second and fourth Wednesday every month. Come hang out with us at the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we're always hanging out, sharing memes, and playing games. Head to projectderailed.com slash discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwait with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land on Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. See you then. Um, so who do we want to follow first? Let's follow Ravness. All right. So you're going to the block and tackle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not far away. You remember coming here for the fight, seeing Marco surprisingly hold his own against uh GIF mm-hmm. that he fought. Yep. It's the middle of the day, so it's not nearly as crowded when you get here. There's still people around. There's not an active fight going on, but it does look like they might be getting ready for one that's happening later. And as you come in, you see the bartender, Simi, female human, uh, no sleeves, just fucking biceps for days. (laughs) She has short cropped hair and like an undercut and scars in various places with tattoos. And uh, yeah, she looks tough. (laughs) Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. <laughs> yeah, this, this, that's what Block and Tackle yeah. is. But she, as you walk in, uh, she glances up. What do you have? A nail. Uh, she nods. <laughs> Just using the half-cleaned glass that she was cleaning <laughs> to fill you an ale and sets it down. Four copper pieces. Uh, yeah, she puts the four copper pieces, uh, probably like five or six or whatever the standard tip would be. And just slides it over. Yeah, uh, she picks him up and ignores you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that is exactly what I want. 
Uh huh. Paying for good service. <laughs> yep. Um, she's she's not the type of bartender who's gonna listen about your problem. Yeah. She's gonna tell you to go elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, Ravnus is going to sort of like place herself where there's like um like a lot of people like talking and just try to like eavesdrop on different conversations. Yeah. Try to get the news around town. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's not super busy. Like, not busy by, like, the fight night standards that you were in here. Like, because it was, like, wall-to-wall in here last time you were here. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you see that there's uh, a, a handful of people sitting around in various tables. Um, and you're able to uh, grab a, uh, a, like, a two-seater table against the wall um, where there's, like, you know, a handful of people around within your shot. And none of them really pay that much attention to you. Looks like there's a group of dwarves that are kind of laughing, playing some sort of dice game while they drink their ales. The drinking seems to be part of the rules. <laughs> there is a human and a tiefling having a quiet conversation nearby as well. Um, and then uh, what looks like a Thrykreen and a half-elf are sitting uh, nearby as well. That table is silent. Mm. They're just kind of like sitting there drinking and not saying anything. Although occasionally you'll see one of them nod like in a way you would nod like being an active listener Mm -hmm. in a conversation. But like, again, nothing is verbally being said here. Right. Mm. Interesting. And I'd say go ahead and make me a perception check um, to just see if you can listen into any conversation. That's another natural 20 for a 25. Holy shit. Um, so, uh, yeah, listening into the conversation. Well, first things first, from the table of dwarves, it's very clear to you that that Torin is cheating and Morgrim isn't going to let him get away with it any longer, or at the very least, going to make him confess. Mm. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and like, while there's like accusations being thrown around, you almost get the impression that this is again, part of the game, mm-hmm. making you wonder what game are they playing? <laughs> the tiefling and the human are talking about shipping arrangements, discussing various cargo possible destinations and trying to negotiate pricing why this would be happening in this location and not like at the dockyards where these things are usually arranged is beyond you and the other table um the more longer you sit here you're almost certain they are in fact having a conversation but it must be a telepathic one because there's no verbal words being exchanged right uh does she overhear anything about luckbeak by the way um after you sitting kind of waiting uh, for a while, kind of picking up on a, a handful of other conversations, because there are other groups around beyond these three tables that are closest to you, um, you do eventually pick up uh, a conversation happening. It looks like uh, just a, like another table farther away on the other side of the table with the Thrykreen, because they're not talking. It makes, so it makes you able to hear the table beyond them a little bit easier. There is a, a gnome there having a conversation with an elf and a tabaxi. And the gnome is kind of saying excitedly, yeah, yeah, no, I heard, I heard he came back. He was spotted just earlier today. She's going to keep listening in on that conversation. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to fake going up to the bar to get another drink so that she can hear better. Yeah. That that costs you another four copper plus whatever you want to tip. That's fine. 
the the tabaxi says, yes, but do you think it's true? The daily scryer is, is not particularly reputable. And the gnome is like, no, 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 no. I think it's true. Like they said, like the anonymous source, like it's, you know, incredibly credible. Plus like why, if it wasn't true, why did like he suddenly show up again? Like they're like speculating, gossiping. Uh, it doesn't appear like they have any sort of insider information. It seems the extent of what they yeah, know is just, the article. Just talking about it. Yeah. yeah okay. And then, but it does seem word has gotten out that like Flapwing is back or this luck be Cumbolt, quote unquote, is mm-hmm. back on the Deer Anchorage. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that she is going to sort of feel like she's like exhausted her um, resources here. Is there any sort of, as she's, like, walking out after finishing her drink, any, like, um, any more, like, uh, signs or flyers or newspapers for, like, Luckbeak? Um, no, you don't, you don't see anything like that. Okay. You do, you do see, like, maybe, like, another copy of that same broadsheet you saw earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. That, like, somebody left, like, on the end of the bar but you don't see like uh, any wanted posters or anything along those lines. Yeah. She's going to pocket the uh, broadsheet. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that easily. Nobody stops you. And uh, then she's going to go to the Gilded Lily next. Sure. Uh, On your way out of the block and tackle, you know, you pocketed the broadsheet and you're, you know, taking a few steps towards the the door. A figure comes in that is a, a gray skinned tiefling with one horn broken. Uh, male with like a little bit of a goatee and like kind of like piercing golden eyes um, comes in doesn't really like acknowledge you but like helps himself to like step behind the bar and whispers a few things into Simi's ear the bartender's ear and she nods and then he turns and uh, with a flick of his tail uh, walks back out mm-hmm. she what direction is he heading um, he comes out and seems to head in the direction of the Sutler Ward. Huh. She's going to maybe sneaky follow this person for at least a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead and make a stealth check. Oh, that sucks. What would you get on the stealth? Six. Six? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Rip. Oh, yeah. those 20s are... You know. <laughs> yeah, so with your stick self, you attempt to follow this person as he kind of immediately like cuts into the crowd and starts heading up towards the Sutler Ward. And you follow, and we will come back to you. Okay. Marco. Yo. Back in Kandori's Cradle, um, right after you guys uh, like went your separate ways, Hannah actually spotted you and approaches you. There you are. Oh, Hannah, yes, I was I was just about to come uh, look for you. Hello. Hello. Um, yes, I, I stayed back. I, I wasn't quite done with my conversation with um, Cyrus here. Uh, he, amazing, the depths of his knowledge about the Kratorian Empire. I had a laundry list of questions. Yeah, I know, exactly the same. I mean, it kind of helps whenever you have someone who's actually seen it and been there. She nods and she's absolutely. But we're here now. Um, what are you up to? Yes, um, well, I have a couple of things. Um, okay, so first off, I kind of volunteered you for a mission. Did you now? <laughs> yes, I need your help. Um, okay, normally one would ask first, but I'm happy to help regardless. What is uh, it that you've gotten me into? 
Yes, uh, well, actually, I could use you too, Cyrus, so it's, I'm glad you're here. Um, well, I'm happy to help as well. <laughs> Thank you. That's not Cyrus's voice at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's Wait, the old librarian <laughs> voice. Cyrus will say, Of course, Marco, I'm here to help as well. Like smack the thing. It's like, no, no, do not, do not take the voice of that thing. <laughs> I don't want to keep listening to that. Sorry, sorry, it just keeps bleeding over on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to go to the Salvagers Guild. Um, they have some very important information. It turns out that the Salvagers Guild found the Nofpygos first before we could get there. And considering everything that's going on, we need to know what exactly they know. So, while a fancy party is going on and Flapwing and Ravnus are going to distract um, the Salvagers guild leaders, um, we are going to find a way to get the information that we need. Okay. Um, so, kind of infiltration sort of deal, then? Yes, correct. I figured um, with Tashi, with um, we also, also got Scuttlebutt on our side, and also the fact that Cyrus is a floating orb, we should be able to do this no problem. She nods and she goes, all right, that sounds interesting. I'm definitely down to help how I can. Cyrus is going to say, what interest do you have in Nafpagos? How do I put this? Um, well, you know, it was a Kratorian shipyard. Um, one of the biggest it's, ones. It was the largest Kratorian shipyard in the empire. It was actually constructed through an alliance between the Kratorian empire and the Mercane. Precisely. Um... And there's information there that is exceptionally important to our society. Um, that we do not want the Salvagers Guild to trample upon and destroy and lose all of the knowledge that we have. Yeah, Cyrus will like his orb bobs. That makes sense to me. It is a little bit weird hearing his voice coming from the, the orb without like actually seeing a projection of him. Okay, it's fantastic. Um, so that's why we're doing it. Um... Second, I was hoping that you would come with me to the Seekers, um, the Seekers headquarter, Hannah, so I can introduce you to Diego Vasco, someone else who works in Cretorian scholarship, um, who says he has some information. I also wanted to introduce you to a couple of people there, since, well, you know. Yeah, sure, let's go. Um, okay, and one last thing, and I looked at Cyrus, like, Cyrus, can you give us a little bit of privacy for, like, two minutes? Um, of course, Marco. Uh, I guess if we're going somewhere, I can wait outside. Oh, yes, um, that would work. Um, I would say just run to the restroom, but, um, well, not I don't yet. Have, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, you know you joke, but it is a sensitive subject. I still would very much like a corporeal form again. Um, oh, the sorry. drone oh. is helpful, but it's not the same. Sorry, I, uh, yeah, I shouldn't joke about that. I, Have you heard what, like, phantom limb syndrome? Imagine that, but the entire body. Yes, yes, I'm, uh, apologies. I'm still trying to get used to, like, joking and, you know, socializing. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, okay, I'll wait outside. And then he turns and <laughs> zips away. He's got speed. <laughs> so I look at him and say, all right, so the last one, um... Hannah, I'm not very good about this sort of thing, as you know. Um, a little while ago you told me that you had feelings for me, right? Yes, and yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, um, so on that note, um, I do believe that I have feelings for you. 
that's hard for me to kind of describe or understand. So, I guess kind of what I'm trying to say here is the feeling is mutual, but I don't know how any of this works. So, it was more like I would like to explore this further, but I'm not sure how. So, I guess the question would be, would you be willing to be patient with me as I try to figure out how the concept of romance works? Hannah looks slightly, like she smiles, but she looks slightly uncomfortable. And and she says, um, of, of course, Marco. Um, but I, I do want to be clear a little bit. Uh, like, I had feelings for you, and I still do to some degree, but like, over time, I kind of like came to terms with the fact that like, that wouldn't be a thing. And well, I, I'm flattered to hear that, like, you may have feelings as well. I think I might just need time to adjust. Um, and that's not that's not a no. That's just like, a, let's let's take it slow and see how things go. OK, Does so that no. makes sense. Yeah, no, this is perfect. This is perfect because I also have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and You're so adorable. <laughs> he, he smiles at that and says, thank you. Um. You're adorable, too. Um, uh, on that... Okay. <laughs> uh, on that note, though, as you can see, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, this works. Let's take things slowly and just... Exist. Let's exist. <laughs> uh, kinda... Yeah, that sounds great. And, Marco, I know this is going to be excruciatingly hard for you. Don't overthink it. You're right, it's excruciatingly hard for me. I... I know. <laughs> okay, so... You will exist, and I will give you space to come to terms with the feelings, and you'll give me space to come to terms with whatever is going on inside of me. Deal. Deal. Look at us being adults and communicating. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's the steps towards communication. Yep. So, all right, seekers then. Yes, the seekers. Um, let's go get Cyrus before. Um, yeah, let's get Cyrus. <laughs> all right, uh, you guys head off to the seekers. Um, I think we will jump over to Luckbeak. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, where are you headed first? Uh, I'm headed to the gun shop, uh, which is newly opened. Correct. Uh, not newly opened, but, um, you've become aware of it more recently. Sure. Stock and muzzle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I head over to stock and muzzle. All righty then. You head to the stock and muzzle, which is, um, a shop in the guild's ward. So you're, you're kind of meandering your way uphill through the streets of Nadir Anchorage, up from the mooring ward where Kandori's Cradle is located. And you find a building that, curiously, is not actually made from the salvaged remains of shipwrecks. 
instead cobbled together with mismatched scraps of metal from various sources to create this like dome shaped structure that has like a tall smokestack coming out of the middle and there's a trail of smoke that lazily meanders its way out the top and you see a hanging sign um, also made out of metal with like weld marks punched into it to form the letters that say the stock and muzzle um, the sign itself uh, taking the form of two crossed flintlock pistols okay very cool uh, I sort of peek inside are there out, are there windows there are no windows it okay. is uh, just uh, a door uh, that is also made out of metal Right, and you actually see above the door a kind of like a black like soot stain that looks like at times when the door is open, smoke may pour out the front. Ooh, as well. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I swing that door open. Yeah, you swing the door open, and the room inside is dimly lit, or at least lit from what appears to be a single source, which looks like a, a furnace almost in the middle. And you see racks wrapping all the way around the, the outside of the room with various flintlock designs of different shapes and sizes, but all on a GIF scale, basically. This appears to be a shop that almost exclusively caters towards uh, GIF mercenaries. Sure. And in fact, you've passed the GIF mercenary garrison on the way here. It's not far. It's in the guild's ward as well. And you see a smallish figure uh, standing maybe about five foot eight, a slender framed individual with their back to you wearing like a thick protective, like almost like smithing gear, um, wearing like a helmet and like a face mask as they're like tinkering. And you see like little bits of sparks fly and they don't immediately react. Cool. Um, do they have like samples of the work hanging on the wall or like anything I can just inspect? Yeah, yeah, they have various like gun models that are mounted around. It doesn't look like any are like in a position that you can like really pick up and examine, but mm -hmm. like they're there that you can kind of see. There's a couple that almost seem like a, a model of gun that's like deconstructed into its various components. Ooh, fancy. Okay. And um, stuff like that. I mean, just having some rudimentary knowledge of uh, firearms at this point. Uh, I'm just going to kind of inspect his quality and see, you know, yeah. how good he is. Yeah. Um, I'd say go ahead and make a, just like a gunsmithing check. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, what would that using be? Using your intelligence instead of your dexterity. So, okay. Um, it's uh, a kit you have proficient with, so it's you're basically rolling an intelligence check with proficiency. Okay. Uh, intelligence plus proficiency, that's a 22. 22. Yeah, very well made. Um, durable. Uh, definitely, like, this is somebody that caters to GIF almost exclusively. So, like, they're, they're building uh, these weapons to be durable, to be knocked around a little bit. Okay. To hold up to their integrity to maybe slightly overpacked payloads of smoke powder. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, n yeah, no, uh, you definitely see why Locke would recommend this place. Okay, great. Uh, is he currently working on something? It looks like they are. Okay. Uh, then I uh, sort of approach the counter and I say, Miss Cousy, uh, buongiorno. Uh, are you busy right now? The figure kind of stands up and turns and immediately you feel warmth a little bit as the this person lifts 
their like almost welding face shield, you see a plume of fire kind of erupt. And you see this person is a fire genasi, female. And she looks at you inquisitively cocking an eyebrow, um, her face being like a uh, almost a slightly glowing red orange color. Mm. Um, her hair looking like it's actually like slightly like lazily licking a uh, tongue of flame. And she goes, Yes, can I, uh, can I help you? Oh my goodness, you are, uh, you own the shop here? Sure do. Oh, well, uh, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, my name is Giuseppe Panettone. Uh, I I'm not going to uh, be able to pronounce that, I'm no, sorry. No, it's okay, you can just call me, uh, Seppe, that's fine. Uh, yeah, well, yes. it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Agni Sunspark, uh, proprietor here at the Stalker Muzzle. Okay, very good, very good. Um, Agni, I'm looking for something like, uh, I don't know, something upgraded to this. And I bring out my gun. Uh, huh. Don't are with a gun. Well, yeah, it's not at the scale that you uh, you seem to work on for the most part, but, uh, you know, we can make it worth your while. She kind of, like, flips a... Uh, like a tinkering implement um, like it's not quite a screwdriver it looks smaller than that made for like more finer work and she's like I'll take a look for you just sorry I haven't uh, particularly seen uh, how's the polite way to put this um, someone of your uh, lineage uh, who's taken a liking to such uh, violent weapons well, I'd have never seen somebody with your haircut uh, run a shop like this before, so, uh, but you don't hear me say nothing, huh? <laughs> it's an Tr old joke where me. I come from. Trust me, I know the irony of a fire genasi working heavily with smoke powder. You know, that is a... Uh, I kind of eyed the door. Now that I think about it, that's a kind of scary, isn't it? It's why my establishment is made out of metal. And she knocks on the counter and a ding, ding. Okay, but uh, the patrons, uh, we are not oh, made of metal. <laughs> I don't keep the, the smoke powder out in the open. Okay, okay. What do you, what do you think I am, crazy? <laughs> uh, I assume, I'm, do I have to roll perception to see the crazy look in her eyes at that moment? <laughs> oh, no, you don't know. Okay, all right, very good. <laughs> no, you're not a crazy, you're a normal. <laughs> so, uh, she she picks up your your pistol. Mm. She goes, huh? Seems to be a little bit of a rush job, uh, oh. but functional. Uh, she like kind of spins the chamber and like flips the gun so it locks back into place. Um, well made though, mm. not my work. Um, Although I think I do recognize some of the components. Oh, really? Where'd you get this? I have a friend. Uh, he shop here uh, quite a bit, I think. Uh, a gift named Locke. <laughs> you know him? Yeah, I'm, I know Locke. He's a sweetheart. Haven't seen him in a oof, little while, though. He's How's he been doing? He's a sweetheart, you say? <laughs> I have never heard of nobody talk about Locke like that before. Yeah, you just gotta get to know him. He's a big old softy. Yeah, okay. All right, so very good. Uh, he's good. He's good. He, uh, you know how he is. Don't stick around one place too long. Uh, like to. Yeah, yeah. He, he likes to be all mysterious, but I'll tell you what, he's the best shot in crowd space. Oh, no doubt. He's so good. He taught me everything I know, actually. Really? Mm -hmm. A protege of one Fitzwilliam Locke. Well, uh, it would be an honor then uh, to be at your service. Um, what can I do for you? Uh, 
your weapon appears to be quite functional. Um, would you like any particular upgrades? Uh, I can sell you um, any number of specialized ammunition, or we can look at upgrading your your uh, weapon here in uh, mundane ways. But I do actually am proficient in, um, let's say, uh, forging certain uh, magical enchantments upon weapons and ammunition. Really? Um, that would be an option for you as well. And naturally, I'd give you the friends and family discount for being a uh, apprentice of Locke. Okay. Well, uh, hey, give me the menu, right? Well, do you want to start with uh, gun upgrades or uh, ammunition? I want to go to the gun upgrades first, I think. Sure. She, uh, she like, pulls out a binder. I have to say, it is a, oh, a relief a little bit. Uh, dealing with GIF nonstop can be a little bit uh, of a strain on one's eardrums, if you know what I mean. Oh, no doubt. They are... Uh... Quite a noisy people, huh? And I work with firearms and explosions. Yes, uh, kind of the uh, literal embodiment of the explosion, huh? I think that's why they get along so well with the gun. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think think you might be onto something. <laughs> so, uh, what? So, uh, <laughs> uh, she says. I, I don't want to uh, get a too racist here, and I'm already doing the accent. So. <laughs> So, uh, I can enchant your weapon to magically imbue it with uh, certain types of um, damage when you fire in it. Uh, it's firing mundane ammunition, but uh, firing it from weapon here will uh, imbue it with a certain type of damage. Uh, the Dragon's Breath upgrade uh, will deal fire damage, and uh, Giant Killer will deal thunder damage, and also have the ability to potentially knock enemies back. Uh, let's see, the lightning caster upgrade will deal lightning damage, and this is all damage on top of the normal bullet. It's still a bullet. It's still gonna hurt. This is just a little extra, uh, zap, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, so you sell, uh, you sell the ammunition, and then you no, sell... No, 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 these are, these no, are upgrades I understand. Here. You're selling me the cow. You're selling me the milk. Don't sell me the cow. What are you doing? Well, you see... If you got this upgrade, you can still use specialized ammunition. Oh, a little lightning fire. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, can, it's what I call the wombo combo. Oh, hey. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I kind of like the... Uh, so, so the thunder one will push it back, but the fire one don't do anything special? Well, you know, the nature of it being fire is it has a chance to light their possessions or nearby objects on fire. Okay, I'm gonna fuck that one up real bad and burn down somebody's house. Uh, so you know what? I, I like the uh, the thunder one. How much did that cost? So um, to provide this uh, enchantment upon your weapon, um, it would cost uh, 500 gold pieces. That's all. That's a, that's a bargain price. I mean, I can knock up the price for you if uh, you're insulted by it. For whatever no, no, reason. no. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm. You I'm know what? You convinced me. Eight hundred gold. <laughs> Friends and family, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, no. Five hundred gold. All right, I, I'll take it. Sure. Um, it's gonna take a little while for me to uh, make this upgrade. Um, if you're comfortable leaving your weapon with me, well, you don't it just take, a, uh, hit it with a hammer a few times and it's done, and I get to take it home. No, it, uh, it'll take me about a day or so. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, yes, I'll leave it here. Sure. Um, and would you 
I'd like to take a look at uh, ammunition options as well. No, I think uh, I think that's going to be okay for me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, my pleasure. Um, I will uh, take that 500 gold up front, and uh, I will have this beautiful weapon ready for you to pick up tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. You can come back anytime. Okay. 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 And if you if you see Locke out there, you tell him he owes me lunch. <laughs> okay. Inside a joke. I like it. Okay. I'll do that. Alrighty. I leave and immediately like, oh my god, I hate that voice. Okay, why did I choose that? It's <laughs> <laughs> just a stupid idea. <laughs> Alrighty. Ravness. Ravness. You're following this tiefling as he's mm-hmm. on his way, uh, weaving through the crowd. Uh, just normal, like, midday foot traffic here on Nadir Anchorage. It's not super, super busy, but there's a, a lot of people out, um, you know, running errands, going about their daily business and the like. And you get a couple blocks, like, heading up the slope um, into the higher wards of Nadir Anchorage. And you distinctly see him kind of glance over his shoulder and look immediately at you. <laughs> He doesn't break stride, but he's definitely clocked you. Oh, jeez Louise. Um, She's going to try really hard not to make eye contact and uh, try to get, like, a few people in between them. So it seems less like she's following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you, um, you kind of, like, very subtly slow your stride just to let some people overtake you. And put a little bit more distance and bodies between you and your your quarry. Go ahead and make me a deception check to try and make it seem as if you're not, you know, play it off like you just happen to be walking in this direction. But I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that is a 10. A 10? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So you follow him. And he's he's kind of heading up into the Sutler Ward, um, kind of up the grade. It's actually very, very similar to the area, um, not far at all from where a couple months back you had a, uh, a chase through these streets uh, in mm-hmm. pursuit of uh, Hadozi. Yep. It's almost like that same main thoroughfare that kind of heads up from the Sutler Ward um, into the Derelict Bazaar. All right. And as you get up there, the the foot traffic is a little bit heavier because now there's like shops and stalls and merchant tents and, you know, people kind of barking their their wares and, you know, trying to get people's attention to sell any any number of bits and bobs and this sort of thing. And as he kind of like merges with a group of people that are heading in that direction, he glances back at you one more time and immediately darts for an alley. Uh, She runs after him. Okay, uh, go ahead and make me an acrobatics check. God damn it, why have I gotten into a chase? I don't even know why I'm following <laughs> this person. That's a 22. Uh, yeah, 22. You, you immediately start running and like kind of shoulder someone in front of you and uh, kind of zigzag your way through the crowd. You have to like slide at one point uh, to kind of like dip between uh, some moving people and a cart that's going by and you get into the alley just in time to see like the flick of his like gray tiefling tail duck around a corner to the left about like 30 feet down this alley and you continue to run yeah she uh, uh, she chases him sure thing um, you turn that corner and it extends another 30 feet and dead ends 
and you don't see him anywhere. Oh. Huh. There's no, there's no like, cans or anything that he could be hiding behind. Go ahead and make an investigation check or a perception check, whichever you prefer. With the knowledge that investigating means more kind of hands-on, flipping stuff over, and perception yeah. being you just kind of scan the area. Yeah, perception's going to be better. So that is going to be a dirty 20. Yeah. You see what looks like, um, like, so there's some, like, crates and barrels and, like, some tarped stuff piled up around here. Presumably, like, overflow storage for whatever the shops are to the left and right of you to either side of this alley. It looks like a tarp is, like, slightly disturbed. And as you walk up to take a little bit of a closer look, um, it appears like there might be a trap door into the ground, which, like, the floor here is like ship deck basically the entire city is made out of the mishmash of ships together um so it looks like there's a place where the planks kind of come together in a seam um that is very cleverly hidden but you almost as soon as you recognize the disturbance there you kind of immediately clock that as a a trap door yeah she is going to draw her sword and uh investigate the trap door and go down into it sure um yeah so you draw out your sword and it's glowing oh shit fuck <laughs> you're alone god <laughs> damn it well she can use the mind thing yeah you can communicate with the mind thing yeah so she is upon seeing this She's going to, uh, you know, telepathically, I am the others. And uh, she's like, we got squids. I'm in the settler's ward. I'm going in. And she's going to go. Marco, this is while you are walking to the Seekers with Hannah and Flapwing. This is you like 10 steps out the front of the stock and muzzle. Um, you guys, you guys can respond. It's you know basically free telepathic communication over any distance. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> where in the ward are you? Alleyway by the bazaar where we were chasing the Hidozi. I- I'm on my way. Yeah, she's not. She's not waiting around for them either. She's going. She's going in. Like okay. Yeah. Hannah and Cyrus see me immediately stop, <laughs> and then I say, "Wait, wait, wait for wait for the two of us. I got help here." I'm not going to risk losing them. Oh, shit. <laughs> I look to Hannah and Cyrus and say, we have a bit of a problem. I think we need to go and fix that first. Uh, yeah. So, Ravnus, you're just, you're going in? Sure I am. Okay. Um, yeah, you pull open the, the trap door. And beyond, it looks like an entrance into the bilge warrens. Which, like, the similar to, like, the pathway that you have to meander down from beneath Kandori's Cradle to get to the secret mooring place of the Voidfarer. Um, and you know that the entire station of the Deer Anchorage being made out of a million shipwrecks all smushed together, um, there's lots of hollow spaces that permeate the entire asteroid, made from the lower decks and bilges of all of these ships together. And 
as you hop down there, you see that the tunnel extends in two different directions and kind of is like at odd angles in places and kind of drops down a couple feet at a time in a few places. And you see the tiefling uh, probably about now 60 feet away, kind of leaping from like one ledge to another and like heading that way. Psy-powered leap to follow. Yeah. You channel your psionic abilities and kind of launch yourself in the direction of that tiefling. And uh, you get closer to the tiefling, but your sword stops glowing. Um, she is going to notice this, but try to, like, tackle the tiefling when she gets close enough and start trying to, like, pull out some information. Okay. Yeah, so uh, how far does your side power lead normally take you? Uh, really far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, so the long jump, 24 feet. Okay. But it can be much higher. Okay. Yeah, 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 you could totally get to them, but it's still going to take your dash action to do it. Yeah. So you, like, basically get right on their heels, um, and they're going to be able to react before you're going to have the opportunity to tackle them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you do this, and you land hard uh, onto the decks that the wood well, creaks. Well, it, it, the side-powered leap would just take, like, one foot of movement, to be clear. To get an extra 24 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 24 plus your dash of 30 puts you just short. Well, that is a minimum. I would be rolling a D8 to see how much oh, oh, I oh, actually get. Oh, oh, my mistake. Get. Yeah. Uh, go, yeah, go, go, go. yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, so that would be... Um, that would actually be 32 feet. Yeah. That 32 plus 30 is 62. I said he was 60 feet away. You're there and still have an action. All right. She's going to, uh, like, grab sword up to the throat and say, where are they? Where are the squids? What, what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. The fucking mind flayers. Where are they? Why do I look like I know what a mind... What mind flay... What are you... Why are you following me? <laughs> Good question. Um. <laughs> do you work for the guild? There's mind flayers around. Didn't clock them until I started following you. So where are they? What I is don't, this? I don't know what you're talking about. I was minding my own business. Insight check. Natural 20 on the insight. Damn. Damn. Really good tonight. Uh, okay, so natural 20 on insight, you know two things instantaneously. One, they're definitely up to something. Two, uh-huh. it has nothing to do with mind flayers. Okay, what the fuck are you doing around down here then? Don't lie to me. It is none of your concern. Do you work for the Salvagers Guild or not? No. Good. I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing because I don't want you to tell them. I'm Forget you saw me. They will forget they saw you. I don't care if you forget that you saw me. Tell me what you're doing or I'm about to cut your fucking head off. Listen, I'm trying to survive. You're- All the kill callers down here are. You're not making good movements towards that goal, so tell me what you're doing. I was delivering a message. To who? (sighs) To Simi at the block and tackle. 
we had an arrangement of which the details are none of your concern. Please. I'm about to make it my concern. So what was the message? What is it about? Who are you working for? I work for the Bilge King. Do I know what the Bilge King is? You've heard of the Bilge King. So the Keelcrawlers are basically the group of, like, outcasts of Nadir Anchorage. People that came here either as recruits for the Salvagers Guild or came here for other reasons and for whatever reason became destitute. Like, either the Salvagers Guild absolutely rejected them for any number of reasons or they came here as, like, merchants and, like, lost everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Basically, the people are forced to, like, you know, they're homeless. They're living down beneath the surface of Nadir Anchorage because they don't have money to get off this station. So they've, you know, basically forced to live in the gutter. And the keel crawlers are what the Salvagers Guild calls them. And they basically treat them basically as vermin. Um, but they're people that are trying their best to make a living in the shadows beneath the city. Okay. The Bilge King is their leader. Yeah. And then she says, what was the message? Fine, fine, fine. The message was, there's been no sign of our associate since the botched embassy job. And as far as we know, she still has the artifact. Are you happy now? She pushes him down and uh, runs off in the other direction to see if she can get the sword lit up again. Uh, as you run away, you just hear him off in the distance. They're like, oh, just like that. It was a pleasure meeting you, crazy lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you head back to the trapdoor you came through. And as you get below it, it does, in fact, glow again. Like, And you see that like the bilge warns down here go in a couple different directions. But it seems to grow like the, the brightest as you get back up to the surface. Okay. Yeah, she's going to sort of uh, run around and try to see where it gets brighter, like what yeah. direction. It does seem like it, it, it gets brighter going up and like a little bit in one direction, but up. Like it doesn't seem like the yeah. source of it is yeah, down she gets, here. Yeah, she gets back to the surface. Yeah. So yeah, you get up to the surface still holding this glowing sword yeah, out in front yeah. of you. Oh, yeah. People are like now get, like, oh shit. She does not give a shit. She is, she's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you go out, and uh, it does get a little bit brighter as you head in the direction of the bazaar, um, and specifically, like, there's, like, a square of shops not far away, kind of, like, where the bazaar ends and, like, more proper, like, shop fronts exist, um, and it glows brighter in that direction. And I think that's about the time, um, yeah, I think uh, Marco and Hannah find you first. You guys, like, come into the bazaar and see... Like, people are giving Ravnus a wide berth because she has (laughs) her sword out looking around with a wild look in her eye. (laughs) I think, like, Marco comes up and is just like, oh, is everything okay? We need to find the squids. And she she is moving as she says this. Like, now, I think Marco would exchange, like, a worried glance with, like, Hannah. Hannah shrugs. Um... Ravnus, wait, um, hold on, there is, um, what, what happened? Everyone is looking at you like you, you did something weird. You have to take that up with them, then. And she keeps going, trying to triangulate the points. Uh-huh. Uh, Flapwing, you come, you come from another direction and see at a distance <laughs> the glow of a sword uh, as Ravnus is, like, working her way through a crowd. Uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. Marco's gonna look at Flapwing and just be like, help me. 
<laughs> I telepathically say, help with what? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Okay. Yeah, Ravnus can be here all Yeah, it's open channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to say, like, with my eyes, like, <laughs> oh, nonverbal oh, communication. I thought you were not... yelling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, then I then I message to to uh, Ravnus and say, Ravnus, what's happening? There's squid somewhere here. Okay, okay. How can we help? Kill them once we find them. Hmm. I don't have my gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Ravnus, uh, you kind of like trying to gauge the intensity of this glow, I guess, um, meandering your way into the front of a shop that says Fluke Gadgets, Fine Gadgets. The sign has like a relief of like a uh, like steampunky like gears and cogs in it. Um, Fluke Gadget is a name you recognize because that was the family of gnomes you met on the Stoic Gondolier back in episode one of Whoa. Tales of the Void. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's gonna kick the door open and go through. <laughs> You kick the door open with your sword there, and you see immediately two figures turn and look at you. One is a giant broad-shouldered forge with uh, with his jaw missing. Clanks, you recognize, and you see a uh, like a middle-aged gnome woman with kind of like huge mane of frizzled hair. Kind of look up. One of her eyes is magnified with a, uh, a headgear-mounted magnifying glass as she looks up from the counter, and she goes, "Oh, ah." Ravnus, right? Um, why, uh, what's wrong? Where are they? I'm sorry? The fucking squids, where are <laughs> they? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and you hear a voice coming from, like, the door to the back, saying, A monthy? What's going on? It's fine, Pa. You've been getting better. Keep resting. And you see the door open, and standing there is a gnome-sized mind flare. And you see it speak to Amanthi, saying, No, I'm quite all right, I assure you. And that's where we're going to pick up next time. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to like just immediately jump and cast hold person on her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before she kills like, somebody's what? fucking grandpa. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. I love how that played out. <laughs> that was fun. Good things happen uh, when you follow and threaten people for no discernible reason. <laughs> Breaking news. Increased sightings of a mysterious graffiti symbol have residents of Hell, Michigan nervous. While some may say this could be from local teen pranksters, others worry that the symbols could mean something more. Could there be a connection to the teen pop idol Ricky Q who disappeared in Hell last year? More information after the break. Then she would also ask if you saw the latest. He thinks that some sort of like power is being drained. Oh God, it's even at Jesus Christ. You you still pass the couple places where you have seen these symbols. Uh, breaking in? She gives him like a sideways glance. 
To follow this story and more, check out Fables Around the Table, Greetings from Hell, wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you want to be a hero? Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out Season 2 of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know it all, the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Well, I, I don't know how, how, like, how much you guys really do love Bare Naked Ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit? And many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like Bare Naked Ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. ProjectDerailed.com